Takers don't have boundaries. Again, takers not having boundaries. That dry big, you know, they'll call you on the phone. You know these same people. And what happens is that get us on the phone and we talk too much. Get them off the phone. The taker calls and the takers like start and they're going through all this story, whatever. You know what the game is. You already know. You see the phone number. Get them <laughs> off the phone. And I role play this in my class. They give me a scenario of what they are experiencing from families and family members and friends. And I role play. I'm them. They're the family member. I give them a script. So you don't have any excuses. So I said, get them off the phone. Girl, I'm cooking dinner. I'll get back with you. I got something to take care of. Somebody calling me on the phone. Get them off the phone. Because what happens is that we'll stay on the line with them. They keep going and going and they wearing us down. Wearing us down because they know our weaknesses. They know what triggers us. And then before we know it, we end up agreeing to something that we don't want to do. Ultimately, we're mad at ourselves. Six years ago, my wife took nothing but an ideal and faith and turned it into a multi-million dollar business with multiple streams of income. As a woman possessed, she overcame all obstacles and created multiple streams of wealth that has impacted our family for generations to come. From mental health professional, to therapist, to author, to CEO, she is a constant reminder of the grace of God over her life. Get ready to listen to and take notes from Stanel, the money therapist, as she schools you on money entrepreneurship, and life skills that was not taught. No more excuses. Wake up! Thank you for that introduction, husband. Welcome back to No More Excuses, Wake Up, where we talk about money, entrepreneurship, and life skills that was not taught. I am your host, Danelle Myers, also known as Danelle, the money therapist. This week, we are discussing money with guest Chanterial Starnes. Chanterial Starnes, owner of Starnes Group, is a financial coach who is also a published author, trainer, facilitator, and consultant. Starnes has been a featured speaker at numerous conferences and conducted several workshops about financial literacy for several organizations. She ultimately recognized her ability to empower and educate through financial literacy and made a cognizant decision to bring about change by helping individuals and business owners recognize root causes to their financial behaviors. Storms views herself as a financial farmer, helping individuals and business owners plant seeds to reap a harvest for generations to come. Coach Storms' key takeaway, takers do not have boundaries. She specifically talks about having good financial boundaries when it comes to your personal space and also money. Dry baking. Dry baking is also a term that I found interesting because she goes into detail and she also does a script on how we recognize dry baking, what we should say when people come to ask us for money. No like and trust factor. She go on to say no like and trust are what people look for when they want to work with you. People are buying you. That also stood out to me. Make sure that you have boundaries and that people know you, trust you, and like you. Welcome, Coach Starnes. How are you, Coach Starnes? I am awesome and just grateful that I am here. Extremely blessed, so I'm excited. 
Shateria Starnes, I'm glad to have you on the show of No More Excuses, Wake Up. I read your information on Instagram. You actually was referred by Tamika, Tamika Mateer. Yes, she's awesome. She is so awesome, which she hosts the Ageless Podcast. And I was on her podcast as well. And she is definitely a blessing. Absolutely. She's a, Absolutely. She's a blessing. And the connections. And so I met her through Podcast Moguls. She had me on her show. I had her on my show. And now... <laughs> Here you are. Ooh, I am so glad. And also just that synergy and that melanin. I just love it. So excited again to be here. <laughs> I love your energy. I definitely love your energy. Your energy Thank you. is great. I read about your story and yes. it was interesting because you are now the financial coach. You are yes. helping people. And it all started off from your husband and your husband had a stroke. Yes, he did. And when I tell you, Snell, I felt like my life had just been altered, just turned upside down. Because here's the deal. When he had the stroke, we, were, we went from a two-income household to one. We have four kids, a blended family, right. three twins and an infant. My son or our son had, was his first birthday was the same day as my husband's stroke. But when I tell you, it changed our lives. But here's the deal. Life altering events are always going to happen, but hmm. still we weren't prepared. So in spite of that, God spared my husband's life and I'm extremely grateful. Amen. But always a lesson that can be learned that we can actually take lemons and make lemonade. I need to get my financial house in order. Life happens all the time. I don't know where to start. I have so many questions for you. When you said you wasn't prepared, you wasn't financially prepared. Yes. A lot of us are not financially prepared. Tell me, go back, take me into that moment. Let us hear the moment. What happened? He had the stroke. He was in the hospital. He was in ICU for three days. Oh, wow. Then he came out and he was in a regular room for about a week. Then he had to go to therapy. So he had to learn how to walk. He had to learn how to talk. All these things over again. I used to have to bathe him. So he was in therapy at a hospital of phenomenal program, Skyline Medical Center here in Nashville, Tennessee. And because he had the therapy right after, it made a world of difference in his recovery. He had to go to occupational therapists, physical therapists. But still, when I tell you, the hospital bills were outrageous, hmm. over hundreds of thousands of dollars because of all the care that he needed. Then he needed someone to come home and help because again, he couldn't walk. Oh he couldn't God. speak. What I'm saying is life altering events happen. Think about your life. Right. Your listeners, they're like over well, the last seven years and everything that has happened, job loss, someone gets sick, having a child, graduation, all of these things impact our lives. Again, the stroke may probably was inevitable, but how could we have planned differently from a financial standpoint? I had to literally call bill collectors and say, we've had an unforeseen circumstance. My husband had a stroke. Work with me. Mm. I was paying some bill collectors $5 because I had to do what I had to do because my family was the priority. Right, right. Your listeners don't get anything else. Start saving. I don't care if it's five, ten dollars, or whatever. Start somewhere because you're forming a habit. I can even go back a little further. And here's the deal, Stanel. What happens, and what I found is this: I had to actually go back to my childhood because a lot of us, the way we spend and how we connect to money, 
stems from our childhood and childhood yes. trauma. ACEs, I know you know it. Yes. Adverse childhood experiences. So I had to do some deep digging, places that was not comfortable. I had to do it because I'm trying to, I am leaving behind a legacy for my children's children. I had to break those curses. Hmm. So this is what sparked you to say, hey, I am not only going to help myself, but I want to help other people because things do happen. Walk us through some of the things that you actually did to just change that dynamic of of the struggle that you were facing. In that situation, first of all, I thought I was going to lose my mind, but it was nothing but God. I know. Then, Uh, because wait, wait, I'm not even done. We had a flood that year. So, and then I'm, I'm, I promise you I'm going to bring it home. We had a flood that year. So I lost my vehicle in a flood three weeks prior. My husband had a stroke three weeks later and his, my mother-in-law had a aneurysm six months later. So his, all his mother, happened, his mother, six months later. Oh my goodness. In one less than a year because wow. the, uh, it happened in May from May to December, all that, all that happened. In a one flood, you, you lost your vehicle on the flood. Your husband yes. had a stroke and his mother had an aneurysm. Correct. May to November. Yes. May to November. How did I bounce back? What I did is, again, first I called bill collectors and I let them know this is what happened. I called my husband. We have a blended family. I had to call child support. And let them know what happened because you can get in a lot of trouble when you get behind on your child support. Sure can. So hmm. I called them. I put that in place. So tell me about the child support. When you called the child support, you said something happened. And what did they stop his? What they did is that what they did is that they put a pause on things. He still was responsible for it, but they just put it on the back end. But I had to continue to send them paperwork in terms of what was going on, that he was in a hospital, that he couldn't talk, he couldn't work. Because here's the deal, just because you have an illness, you need to update them then, but you need to keep them up to date or they will come after you. Oh my gosh, I know you was losing your mind. Yes. That's a lot of phone calls. A lot of phone calls, but I say this to say is that I can walk people through this, but more than anything, prevent them from a financial standpoint. I call bill collectors and many may not know that if you are facing an unforeseen circumstance, your creditors can work with you and put payments on the back end of the loan, like Mm -hmm. your credit cards, your mortgage and all these different things. And reported to the credit bureaus as on-time payments. That's something that I did not know. So I called and, and I did that. That was the first thing that I did. So the first thing you did was you called the creditors. You told them the situation, exactly what was going on. Yes. And then they took that and they put it to the back yes. of the loan. They put it Correct. to the back of the loan. Absolutely. Was it one month, two months that they put to the back of the loan? It varied. Most of them uh, gave me two to three months. Okay. To be to make payments. Similar to what's happening with the mortgages and yes. uh, student loans, everything that's happening say. during the pandemic, it's the same concept. With the credit what card. Was with the credit cards. And we had uh, a vehicle loan. We had credit cards. So you can do this with your mortgage, credit cards, and automobile loans. Wow. Now y'all hear that, people? Because you know, <laughs> I'm so adamant when it comes to credit cards. That is definitely something that I did not know. I know about the mortgage. <laughs> I definitely know about the vehicle. Because yes. when I had a vehicle, I was always trying to put something in the back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so wow. So wow. That's good to know. Okay. So you did that. Mm-hmm. I did that. And then what I did is went through our finances of what we did have. Because I was still working, mind you. And just started cutting back. Like all the frivolous spending. We spend so much money eating out. 
our children and all these extracurricular activities. Don't get me started now. And what I, I had to do something different. And then I talked to my children's mother and I said, this is what's going on. Just work with us. Because I had a we have, I have a great relationship with my children's mother, even now. That is good. So when I'm looking down, I'm writing things that's sticking out to me. And yes. one of the things that you said was you said prevention from a financial disaster. The mm-hmm. other things you said, cutting back from fibulous spending. So, so important yes. because I was coaching a couple yesterday and in my eight week coaching, I said, send me your bank statements. I found $800. Yes. And people are always surprised when I'm able to do that. I said, I can look at your online statements or your bank statements, and I can tell you where your priorities lie. I can tell you where your priorities lie. I'm always able to find money, Stanil. And it's always always food, because I know you find food. Let me tell you, that's how I was able, when we cut down, it was the food. Yes, yes. (laughs) And see, I am a crock pot. Queen, to plan meals. I could throw it in that crock I pot. I like that. Be gone all day. And one of my girlfriends actually put me on that. And she has two crock pots. She cooked everything on in two different pot, crock pots on Sunday. Throw all her meals in. And think about it. If it's like spaghetti or a, stu- a stew or something that's like true. that, you can offer that for days. That's true. And that's what she does. So you're yep. heating up things. So it's time management and you're saving. That's right. That's right. In the wintertime, I am like a, a crock pot princess. But my husband be like, oh, I don't want my food together. I want my space yeah. separate from, you know, that wine Like, boy, you better eat little. Nobody had time to be sitting in front of no stove. You actually went through those different steps. And I also read everything that I could about credit, everything that I can get my hands on about credit. And I realized that I can actually repair my own credit. I started disputing things that were um, erroneous. I started just uh, disputing things and I cleaned my, I went from the 520s to excellent credit score. Just by being diligent and being patient. And when I tell you it was challenging, challenging, and I got frustrated at times, but I went back to it. I never left it. And so I realized I was pretty good at it. So I started helping family members and friends. And then that's how I launched my business. Really didn't have any intentions of having a business. Never really thought about it. I'm able to help people and just connect with them. Just with sharing my story. We all have stories. So something something bad that happened, traumatic, something good came out of it. And that was the God-given talent that God gave you that you didn't even know that you had inside of you. Can you walk me through the credit part? So listeners can know. So when you called your credit, did you call one like Experian, one creditor? Did you call all three of them? What I did is I pulled my credit report. Then I went on annualcreditreport.com. Again, that's annualcreditreport.com. And you're able to get all of three of your credit reports for free mm. through Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. So I was able to access that. And I just went through and I some of the things, some things may have, they may be past the statute of limitations. They've been on there too long, longer than seven years mm-hmm. from the date of last activity. So I disputed things like that mm-hmm. that had not fallen off. I actually disputed things that were not correct. And I also just start paying things on time. Paying your credit on, on time, time just makes 35% of your credit history. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, Sunil, I'll be honest with you, it just took time. Mm-hmm. I tell folks like, if you want a quick fix, I'm not that person for you because 
just how the process works. It takes some time sometimes. So you help people repair their credit. What exactly do you do from this bad situation? When you have someone that reach out to Coach Starnes, what is your program? What, what is it that you actually do to assist them? So the first thing that I do is when someone calls me and then when they schedule a consultation, I take them through a financial behaviors assessment before I work with anyone, whether it's on a budget or credit, because I need to know where your mind is and how you connect to money. Do y'all hear that? Assessment. You have to. Listen, that's all I talk about. You have to know where the, the mindset. You have to, because remember, we just talked about ACEs and you're, you know, this It's so many things that unresolved childhood trauma, it impacts all facets of our life. Absolutely. All facets. And so I was dealing with my own trauma, Mm. you know, growing up, I was the eldest of four children. My mom was a single parent. We grew up in poverty and public housing and all of those learned behaviors that we right. pick up from family members right. and things like that, it transferred into my adulthood because I never dealt with it. And you were the eldest. I was the eldest. So you had a lot of responsibilities. Listen, I was my bro- my youngest brother is we're five, four years apart, and my youngest brother is five, and then my sister and I are sixteen years apart. So I was raising children when I was 10, 11 years old cooking. So I don't know what's going on because I just had an interview with Tamika Chester and her, her episode dropped today. And she talked about adultification. When I saw that, we broke that down. When we posted it, it's like, wow, that's some reality there because you were another person that was actually, what she says, adultified at a very young age. Yes. And what happens is that because I'm an educator by trade, I taught school. And what happens is that children are placed in these roles, Stanel, at very young ages. And when they come to school, we expect them to be children, but they're adults at home. So they're having a hard time transitioning. You understand what I'm saying? So they're being penalized or they're too grown or they talk back. They're men and women at home. That's exactly what she was saying. You're right. You're absolutely right. And it's taking off. You know what? That is so true. That is so true because I remember somebody telling me she had her child (laughs) watching her, her younger son. She would be a parent because the mother worked. But one time when the child went to scorn the younger sibling in front of the mom, the mom went off. And I said, wait a second, you're confusing her because you, you letting her be mommy, but she can't be mommy now. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And children learn by what they see. We can tell them the right thing all the time. Behaviors that I had with around money stem from my mom. It's a learned behavior. And can I tell you, not all learned behaviors are good. And another thing that we see that's very prevalent in our culture is that we watch our aunts, our grandmothers, and our mothers taking care of people all their lives. And we learn that behavior and we wear it like a badge of honor. And I'm tired to our death. I'm tired of it. I will okay. be the first to say, yes, ma'am. I had my son, my son's birthday is today. He's 27. I'm tired. Yes. I'm tired. You are so right. It is what you see. It is that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And we are nurturers and stuff by nature because we've been doing it since slavery and it's been passed down and passed down. And we do not know how to set healthy boundaries. All of this is connected to our finances, our mental state. And we're wondering why we can't get things together and stuff because you can't take care of anybody until you take care of yourself. 
That's and that's right. hard for us to accept. Right. That's right. You're right. You're Take right. Takers don't that's have so... boundaries, Danielle. Takers don't have boundaries. What? Wait. Hold. Wait. 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 Did you say takers? Say it again. Wait, Coach Starr. Say it again. About tw- I'm pretty twice, so your listeners can hear. Takers do not have boundaries. Yeah. Repeat again, so they can hear. Takers <laughs> do not have boundaries. <laughs> Yeah, wait a second. I'm writing this down because like I told Tamika, you need to get a t-shirt. I never heard that before. Takers do not know. Listen, I told Tamika when she said she's a conversationalist. I love it. Break that down and be and, and after you break that down, I have to go back to another question that's in my head. Please break that down. You remember when I talked about how we align behavior, something that we wear as a badge of honor? We've seen our mothers, our grandmothers, and our aunts take care of people all of our lives. We do the same. When you have a taker, mm. they will come to you. And then, then if you don't have it, until you, because we, we do not have healthy boundaries. We don't know how to set healthy boundaries. And what happens is that they keep taking and taking and taking. And we confuse just because you tell someone no doesn't mean that you don't love them. Those are two different things. Love has nothing to do with no. In fact, setting healthy boundaries is part of your saying no. Kids need structure. People need structure. What happens that we don't know how to say no. No is a complete sentence. It's one of the first words we learned as children, but somewhere along the lines, as adulthood, we've forgotten the value and the importance in that word. Takers don't have batteries because we don't know how to say no. And if you don't have it, they're going to go to the next person and to the next person. And we confuse love. If I sell them no, they won't love me. Oh, you well, know they don't what? think I love them. You're, you're so real because this generation cannot take the word no. My kids, no. When, when I say no, they think it's a death sentence. Right. They cannot take the word no. And it is crazy that you said that because when I teach my first session, I have a a complete video and guess what it's about learning to say no because i have a what class set people up to understand like the, a whole session or no that is crazy that we think alike i said and then i gave them homework i literally gave them homework yes, for this too. whole week you need to write down how many times you're denying yourself and yes. how you also are denying others because those in front of you is draining your money two dollars three dollars for some chips that's draining your money oh my gosh like you nail speaking my language can i tell you this i have a class that i teach that's called get your family members out of your pockets (laughs) your family members and your friends out of your pockets i have a class people are in there crying crying you understand what i'm saying you're ministering you're definitely ministering it's you ministry are. it definitely is it's, it's ministry. definitely it really ministry is. Mm-hmm. get your wait get who out your, your family members and your friends out of your pockets that's my class i have a class and we talk about um, setting healthy boundaries i actually do a partnership with a conflict chick because she has a master's degree in conflict we integrate finances and conflict <laughs> wow we talk about it. And I'm telling you, people are in there crying. You have to change the mindset first. That's exactly. the first thing you have to change. And it is so good to hear that you're doing that. It is so good to hear that. Listen, Stanel, people, sometimes they don't want to do that. No. I'm like, this is my program. And if you want to work with me, right. and it's not easy, but I'm right. telling you, I'm going to be there every step of the way. But if you're not willing to do that, you can't work with me. 
And right. I don't mind referring people because everybody you can't work with, and that's okay. Because right. I'm tr- I'm about transformation. I'm not one of those, and I can see on your post as well, where we're just trying to sell people or get people there. We're trying to help them get to some root cause issues because we don't want you to return there. And if you can't leave behind generational wealth, if you over here shucking and jiving and we get your credit score up and then you're back in the same boat six months to a year from now. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I learned? It's not about having a whole lot for me. It's about that one. It's just that one. So that's why I take the time with that one. It's just that Mm. one, because you know, if you help that one, that one is going to, and they're passionate about it. They're going to let other people know what you're doing. That word of mouth is amazing. It is. But what I want to go back to, it was the credit. You said first, can you walk us through the credit? Exactly what you do for, for the people. You said the first thing that you do is you, the annual Mm -hmm. report. And then also I we do a financial behaviors assessment and that assessment just goes through different steps. Then after that, I come back and I give them a report and I tell them what I use a program called money habitudes. It's a card game, very non-invasive and they're actually picking the choices, but it's amazing how, and it's different categories that they fall into. Some people are givers. Some people are uh, carefree. They blow their money. So I'm able to break down what category they fall into, and then how I can help them. Then we analyze the credit report. But again, I have to put, if I do the the credit report before the behaviors, I'm putting the cart before the horse. And I have to help them realize like this is, and how make it relatable. This is how this connect. Because if you are a, if you have poor credit, more than likely you have a money management issue. So to do the assessment and then I pull the credit report, we unpack and we talk about things that they can do because really what I find is that people struggle with their credit and they struggle with saving because there's no accountability. So as part of my program, I hold them accountable. Reset a savings goal. I'm there with you. I'm making the phone calls. How did your week go? Let's track your spending. So I'm giving them uh, action items, but I never give them too much that'll overwhelm them. I give them something simple. Like I want you to save $25 this week. Okay. Based on when I talked to them, the assessment and where they are and looking right. at their bank statements and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm setting them up for success. I love it. Additional action items and steps like this is what we're going to do. But I tell them that we are a team. If I create the dispute letters and I get them to you and if you do not send them off and if you do not do what you're supposed to do, it's not going to work. Wow. So it's the accountability throughout. And I think that's the difference maker because you cannot really have true transformation unless there's some level of accountability. That's just in my opinion. Everybody don't have that wherewithal to do things on their own. They need a boost, a motivator, a coach, a push. You're basically saying a part of your program, you can write the letters for them, but if you don't change your mindset, you're going to get back into the same rut. It's Mm -hmm. almost like when you have the weight loss and people get the lipo, Mm -hmm. Same situation, you get the lipo, but your thought process and your habits hasn't changed. You get the lipo, you still won't eat a lot. And it was just like a waste. Got to work on that mind. And you know how powerful that is. The mind is powerful. And if you do not have anyone sewing into you or holding you accountable, everybody around you not trying to change their credit or have poor credit and spending habits, you can do the exact same thing. Absolutely. And when you said the way you were raised, and I guess that's why I'm who I am today, because I remember, and I say this in my book that that's coming out. I remember my mom putting her money in her bosom. Mm. So she would put her money in her bosom, but it would be on the envelope. 
And that was my first introduction of money. So she would say, I'm going, we're going to buy $200. And we had the calculator in the grocery store. Wow. And we would calculate every item. And when that baby got closer to $200 and we went mm-hmm. up to the front, some stuff was going back. Only what she had in her bosom. That's it. <laughs> that, that envelope rolled it up, put it in her bosom. That was it. It was a that was the envelope <laughs> system. Janelle Green created that. That was the That's envelope right. system. When it's <laughs> over, it's over. <laughs> you know, we talk about Dave Ramsey. No, my mama was doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I love it. Yeah, accountability. So accountability. So you mm-hmm. make sure that your clients hold accountability when yes. they are with you. So do you work with yourself or do you have a team? I have a team that I outsource with. There might be people that need some different things that I just can't provide. Also, I actually partner with not-for-profits. So, Stanel, I write proposals to not-for-profits, and in turn, they pay me to come in and provide services. Because in the beginning, I felt like an ambulance chaser. You know people don't want to do right. I, the not-for-profit, I'm B2B. The not-for-profits pay me, and then I come in and provide the services for their clients. I can't. You say you know people don't want to do right. But you know, if people know that the money is coming from somewhere else that's providing it for them, they might do right. <laughs> they might just do right. But a lot of times they don't respect free things. You yes. Know? So, yes. yes. But that's you what I have funny. to change up the game. I, I love that. So walk. Okay. So can you walk people do that? Because Absolutely. people don't understand. And I, I'm actually going to do an episode on this solo. People yes. don't understand the power of nonprofits. They don't understand the power. I have three. I wrote two of them and one was written for me. What I would suggest is that if you have listeners that are interested in doing business with not-for-profits and whatever service that they provide, do your research. Find out what not-for-profit can benefit from your services. For me, I thought about, I provide financial literacy, people in public housing, youth centers. So also there's a program, an after-school program called NASA. NASA. That NASA, N-A-Z-A. Yeah. And NASA partners with, it's an after-school program. And so I teach middle school kids through Metro Parks. It's a after-school program through the local community centers. And I teach financial literacy to them. There's another organization that serves youth okay. from age 16 to 24. And then in the summertime, there's an initiative called Opportunity Now. So they are teaching, exposing youth to financial literacy and working and everything. So I partner with those organizations and I send in a proposal and I lay out what my need is, the value, understand this, the value that I can offer them, send in the proposals to them. And then I also use my warm network. Because there's something about people that already know someone at that organization. That's what I would suggest. Reach out to a friend that knows someone at an organization that you have an interest in and say, have them do a warm connection. Typically with a warm connection, you're going to get a response back. Even if you have to start out and offer a free 30-minute session. Right now, everything is on Zoom. Hop on Zoom and let them know what you can do because people are buying you. And there's something called no like and trust factor. They can need to know you, they need to like you, and they need to trust you because they're buying you. Love it. You're, you're an extension. Your product and services are an extension of you, but they're buying you. So I had to change things. I was in prayer because I was just going to quit this business. And I felt like the Holy Spirit dropped that in my spirit 
write proposals to not-for-profits. And that's what I do. The majority of my business comes from not-for-profits. So, and they have money, guys, and they pay. Tell them, tell them. <laughs> so I have an after-school program called Joy. It's called Just Our Youth Making a Difference, which stands for Joy. My mm. after-school program started in 2015. Love it. And it's a five-year grant raise. After the five years, you have to rewrite. So I'm now, I got awarded again for five more years. Praise God. Isn't God good? So I'm in my sixth year. But because the grant, I go, I take my grant to the schools. Yes. You said about financial literacy. I'm looking for the person so I can hire and Mm -hmm. I can contract with so they can teach financial literacy because I can't, even though I, I did teach it, Yes. I, I taught it for like a week. I technically can't teach it because I can't pay myself because I'm already getting paid as a project director. That makes through, sense. Through the actual grant. What you're doing is you're completely educating people. And I love it. I love it, Shateria. I love it because like you said, a lot of people use social media to actually try to get people to fund them. Yes. But there's another way. People don't know like that, the contracts that you have. So I have a yes. contract with Division of um, Disabilities and oh. I get paid through Medicaid. I feel like a doctor. I have an MPO number. Love it. Thinking outside the box to where you constantly hitting on people doors that yes. don't really want it. They say they mm-hmm. want it, but they don't. But they do don't. You don't do the work. We did a consultation and it was just crickets. Nobody came in. As soon as you say, oh, it's this price. Don't nobody want to do it. But they'll take that money and go on vacation and then come home broke. That's right. You know, so get their hair done and nails exactly. and all that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's all relative. But But, you don't have any savings. You need to, something needs to change. So I like the way you thought outside the box and said, wait a second, mm-hmm. I need to go another route and give what, you know, give, give something that God gave me because I can't do it just mm-hmm. by waiting on individuals. I need to go through somewhere, somebody to have money. And yes. let me tell you, nonprofits do have money. Yes. I love and it. Can I, I add something it. else? Yes, as ma'am. Well, there's something that's called PTAC, P-T-A-C. And I can't remember what the acronym is for, uh, is, is an acronym for, but they're across the country. PTAC will actually help you become certified to work with the government and they will do it for free. Yes. My nephew just schooled me on that. My nephew it's just- It's a phenomenal schooled- program. Yes. Yes. They're yes. all across the country. That, so please have your listeners, if they, because the government buys everything. I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's called PTAC. PTAC. AC. PTAC. And just look up PTAC for your area because they're broken out by regions and you'll have a contact person and they will help you work on your certifications and they will do it for free. Your SAMS registration, all the codes that you need. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you, I'm going to do a whole episode on when you Should are be. a nonprofit, what you need. People don't know about the SAMS registration. In order to be a vendor, just hint, hint, you have to have a SAMS yes. registration in order to be a paid vendor for them yes. to give you those funding. So I yeah, thank you. I'm going to make sure that I put that information in the show notes because people need to step outside the box. People yeah. in general are educated and smart and have Absolutely. a lot to offer. Absolutely. It's like your story. Wow, your story is amazing. All of us have a story. So many of us they have these things going on, but we don't, we're not comfortable with sharing them. But I feel like, Stanel, that my sharing my story can be a blessing to others because 
if I can do it, so can you. It's nothing different about me. I think it's important that transparency, of course, until how comfortable you feel, but I think transparency is key. It is. And it's more than enough for all of us to eat out here. So why would I just hold on to information? It exactly. doesn't make sense to me. I used to sit there and think the trainers that's training me, when you think about it, people that are um, on welfare, they're getting food stamps, unemployment. There are trainers that people that I know back in the day when I was getting unemployment, certain times you have to take a class. Mm-hmm. Well, I started tapping into the unemployment saying, hey, how can I be a trainer? Yes. <laughs> How can I, you know, so you want people to look outside the box and say, hey, I need to start making these contacts to organizations that has the funding to pay me for my services. And another thing is that people don't even consider this. Go on Indeed and do use these search engines. Find, if you want to do financial coaching or financial literacy coaching or whatever it is you want to do, find a company that has that's offering that job, you apply for the job. And then when you get in the interview, you tell them like, I want to be an independent contractor. You don't have to pay me benefits or whatever you want to work out. And then that's another opportunity as well. Yeah, that is, that's smart. That is very smart. Thinking outside the box. Outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to use, I'm I'm probably going to use that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that one is very smart. Yeah. And I just need to I need to go sit down somewhere though. Yeah. I was be trying to do two. My husband, like, (laughs) when when my nephew called me about the certification, I was like, I gotta close my ears. Like he was like, No, Auntie, let me just tell you, I just got certified. It took me something like he walked me through the steps. He was like, it really so yes. Yes. (laughs) We have to think outside of the box right now because. What happened is that during this pandemic, a lot of companies, believe it or not, are having a hard time hiring people or getting people to stay. They can hire people, but they're not staying. So use this to your advantage. Mm -hmm. I've come to realize, Danielle, that working is an art. Not everybody know how to work and they don't want to work. Let me take advantage of what they don't want to do. (laughs) Everybody don't know how to work. And they don't want to work. They don't want, you're right. I, I don't know why. I think because, you know, the pandemic, I think it was it was good for the government to come in. And now, like, I still didn't get my furniture. They can't hire nobody. So everybody quit. So I'm like, what? They don't have no workers. I've been waiting since December for some parts of my furniture. They said that it's at the shipyard. Doing what? They said workers get more money on unemployment. So they quit. It's crazy. A lot of people are making more money on unemployment than mm-hmm. they've ever made. So why would they go back to work? That's right. I know. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a time where that's going to stop. Oh, yeah. They, uh, it's stopping uh, July, the additional funds through the pandemic, the pandemic unemployment. Because, you mm-hmm. know, your state gives you a, a, cert, a certain amount. And then Correct. the uh, pandemic, you get funds for that. Here in Tennessee, that stops the first week of July. That's quick. That's coming up because I know my daughter, she gets an additional 300. Right. And she said hers is stop is stopping in September. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, whenever it stops, mm-hmm. you need a plan. Right. You should have so had a plan. this time. Use but you know, time. when the taxes come in and a lot of times kids don't understand that. I said, you made an, an unemployment $16,000. What the hell? What you doing? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> because now is the time for I, I'm, I'm just saying across the board now yes. is the time for to take that money to get out of every possible problematic mm-hmm. debt that 
that, you know, there is because you're making more money. And I even know for my staff, because all my staff are W-2s, every last one of them. But thank God I did not have to lay them off. But for the after school program, I did. And those that I did, they were getting $600 a week. Plus mm-hmm. their salary, they were making more money. They was like, I don't want to come back. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could talk to you all day. I'm going to ask you some questions. You actually answered this. What are three things you want people to know about you? You said self-care is of the utmost importance to me. Yes. I am a nerd and I love empowering people through financial literacy. That's me. I am definitely a nerd. I love to read and I love to find out about new things. Some of these is more than one way to skin a cat. If someone tells me no, I don't take that literally. I have a thick skin. If I can't get through this door, let me open up a window. If I can't open up the window, let me build another door. I feel that there's always a way mm. to figure something out. And we talked about, you talked about it earlier, thinking outside of the box. That's very important to me. And also in terms of empowering people, it's something about seeing a transformation in people when they get it, that yeah. aha moment or that yeah. light bulb. That's yeah. powerful mm-hmm. because when there's true transformation, people are unstoppable. They are unstoppable. Yeah, they are. are. You said another way. I remember Bill Cosby. I used to watch little Bill with my, I think it was my daughter and Bill, little Bill would say, there has to be another way. And here I am. It's crazy. This is a true story. I'm I'm telling you. I mean, here I am in my thirties. I don't know what would happen at these particular times. I can't go back into the moments to tell you, but I remember saying there has to be another way. And that Mm -hmm. came from little Bill, from Bill Cosby. Thinking about it, it has to be another way. And just by saying that makes you start to think Think. what other way could it be because it's not working or this is not going to work. That is true. There has to be another way. When you say literacy, that you're a nerd and you love financial literacy, you love to read. We are like two peas in a <laughs> I go to sleep every night with a, a book in my ear. What's one of the books that you read in financial literacy that you really like? I like Dave Ramsey, but I had to tweak some things for me. All of us. <laughs> I like Susie Orman. I like Robert Kiyosaki. I've mm-hmm. read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And mm-hmm. then he has another book that I've read. I like just different things Okay, as it relates. So I read a lot of different genres. Uh, anything by Dr. Miles Monroe. Oh, he's powerful because he deals a lot with like the spiritual and the mind. Rest in peace. Because Miles Monroe, if we're talking about the same one, he passed away. An airplane crash. And I have his book. I still have it till this day. I was like, I need my husband to read this. It was for men. It was some Mm. book and it was title was so powerful. Just the title. And it was for men. And rest in peace. That man, he was a powerful man. When I tell you, he, I lived in Texas and he came and spoke at my church in Texas. He came on the stage and had not even opened his mouth. And the anointing that fell in that place, I can't even, it's indescribable. He was anointed. I love anything by uh, Dr. Miles Monroe. Okay. We all have words of affirmation that empower us. What words of affirmation would you like to share with the listeners? You said it is okay to tell people no. (laughs) No is a complete sentence and does not require an explanation. It helps us set healthy boundaries. Mm. This is the second time I heard no is a complete sentence. Let me tell you what happens. We all have them in our family and friends. They'll call and they do something that's called dry begging. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about. What? Dry begging. Dry begging. Have you heard that term? I'm breaking down for your listeners. Girl, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I might be on you next week. And I just, I know everything will work out. That's dry begging. <laughs> Indirectly, they want you to come in and say, well, I'll take care of it, girl. or I'll pay for it. Don't worry about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So indirectly, they tell you what the problem is, but they want you to speak up. Again, takers not having boundaries. That dry big, you know, they'll call you on the phone. You know these same people. And what happens is that get us on the phone and we talk too much. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> get them off the phone. Girl, I don't Wait, know. Who, who talked too much? We do. <laughs> we talk too much. The taker calls and the takers like start and they going through all this story, whatever. You know what the game is. You know what time you it is. You already know. You already know. You see the phone number. Get them <laughs> off the phone. Don't I'm, answer I'm the phone. No, don't avoid them. And I role play this in my class. They give me a scenario of what they are experiencing from families and family members and friends. And I role play. I'm them. They're the family member. I give them a script. So you don't have any excuses. So I said, get them off the phone. Girl, I'm cooking dinner. I'll get back with you. Then I got something to take care of. Somebody calling me on the phone. Get them off the phone. Because what happens is that we'll stay on the line with them. They keep going and going and they wearing us down. Wearing us down because they know our weaknesses. They know what triggers us. And then before we know it, we end up agreeing to something that we don't want to do. And we end ultimately we're mad at ourselves. Girl, I can't say what I want to say, Coach Storms, <laughs> because I don't know who be listening and watching. But let me tell you, if you are not talking to me, I am so serious. I don't understand why dry beggars are who they are and why they continue to ask. I don't get it. Because they've you? never been told no. And you don't have healthy boundaries. Takers don't have boundaries. If you keep opening yourself up to be taken advantage of, they're going Absolutely. to take it and take it Ex and take it and take it. And you know what? And this, and oh, and it's so crazy because I said, I'm going to address this in a way that you never going to ask me for nothing again. And I'm going to hmm. smile. I'm going to be so assertive and I'm going to smile. But you can't keep, listen. I have kids. I have colleges, tuition, homes, mortgages with an yes. S. How do people have the audacity? I don't ask people for money. I can't understand it. Now, on a psychological side, what you said, I do get that. I just can't from a woman to another woman. That's the part I can't get. I can't get it. You're thinking from a logical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is illogical. You can right. never make sense out of something that doesn't make sense. And that's the problem. You try to make sense out of something that make that doesn't make sense. They don't think anything about it. Does it make sense to them? I'm going to try to find a definition <laughs> and, po and post dry begging. <laughs> you are funny. <laughs> I'm really silly. And all my friends and people that know me, they think they say I could have been a comedian because I am hilarious. Serious. <laughs> you said, let me tell you, it did a whole scenario. <laughs> Or it's this, I need to ask you a question. No, yeah. you don't. You don't right. need to ask me nothing. No, you don't. And that's why you got to cut it off at the head. If you set those boundaries, what happens is that when we go back to seeing that behavior assessment, if you're a pleaser, if you're somebody that wants to be loved, I had a client tell me, I'm afraid to say no because I think they won't like me or they won't love me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or had another client tell me that my mom will call me everything but a child of God and not keep my children if I don't give her what she wants. Like you said, that goes back to your childhood. That stems yes. all the way back to them roots. And then feel like you still, you owe people. I used to do a lot of counseling with codependency. Yes. And with that codependency, you would see, I had this one lady, she was in her 60s at the time. Because she was on drugs before and yeah. she neglected her child, her child in her 20s or mm -hmm. 30s still held that. And it Over was hard for mm -hmm. her to recover. It was really hurting her recovery. Yeah. She would relapse. And her mm -hmm. relapse was not from what she's doing now. It's what her daughter is keep bringing in her yes. head of what she did then. And now Ooh. she can't, she get $20. She can't take $20 and go get a cheesesteak because her daughter in her face, well, you wasn't there when I was saying. Yeah. And that is not healthy across the board. Yeah. You it know, happens and, more than you know. Yeah. And uh, it trickles down in everything mm -hmm. that you do. It does. Yeah. You're saying something right there. It is so true. And I see it over and over again. I remember the contracts that I had, I work with primarily women in public housing. And so now, do you know why I've had so much success? Or one of the reasons I should say, I was really a surrogate mother for them. A lot of the women did not have good relationships with their mother. Mm. And let me tell you this, your mother teaches you everything. Your mother teaches you about nurturing, hygiene. Think of all the things that your mother sold into you. And most of these women, fathers were not present, but neither were their mothers. Mm, so your mother teaches you everything that gives you that foundation, so to speak. And I, I wasn't my intent but I was able to connect with them because I really was a surrogate mother. Mm, mm. You're right. You're absolutely right. I love it. You definitely are called. You definitely have a mm. calling on your life. Right. And mm. I am sorry that it came out of a bad situation, yeah. but look at God and your husband. Yes. He's good. He is. He was a uh, restore. He, he still has a speech impediment. He drags his right feet. Atrophy has set up in his right arm, but he works. He taught himself how to take photography and he drives. He's still doing what he got to do. <laughs> you know, he didn't let that stop him. He doesn't use he it as an excuse. He didn't let that stop him. That's mm -hmm. a blessing. God is so amazing. And I am yes. so happy that your husband is here. Yes. I'm happy that your husband has recovered and that you were able Thank to you. just find your gift out of this bad, tragic thing. And how's his mother? She died. Really? Yes, she had an aneurysm and died. Yes. Oh, so you you left that part out. Oh, I'm sorry. I just said aneurysm, but everybody yeah, everybody doesn't die from aneurysm, but right. she died. Yeah. She died. Now, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. But you know, and thank you so much. But God is so faithful, even after all of that. I can share that years later on your show, your podcast, and somebody may be blessed. That we got to look at every, we are all That's interconnected. Right. We are all interconnected. And if we link up and come together, look how powerful we will be. Right. We're all interconnected. So the things that I'm experiencing or have experienced really might benefit someone else. Absolutely. You know, how I came out of it. And that's how I look at things. I have to. That That's right. And what you said in the beginning, I know we almost have to go, but that prevention part is so key because you said your world went upside down quickly. You didn't know, you didn't have anything planned. So you teach the prevention and teach them how yes. to plan, how to save. And that, that's important. That's very yes. important. Wow. Yes. So...
co-stars. Thank you. It was a pleasure mm. having you on the show. Just learning more about you and your God gifts and talent that Thanks you God. brought to the world and you're in Tennessee. Yes, I am. Nashville. In Nashville, Tennessee. So all the blessings that you are giving locally mm -hmm. to your community, working in your community, that's a blessing in itself. That is definitely a blessing. So I want to say thank you. And everybody, listen. <laughs> Co-Starns just gave you some information, detailed information. Get your life right. Get it together. There's no <laughs> excuses. Yes. No excuses. Listen. The foundation of this podcast is no more excuses wake up. And when a situation happened in Coach Starn's life, she said, I have to do something about it because my husband and my kids are dependent on me. Yes. So listen, y'all, no more excuses. Y'all know what y'all need to do. Y'all need to wake up. No more excuses. Wake up. Wake up. It's time. <laughs> Let them know. Hey, smart people. I have a three-month one-on-one personal or business coaching program. As you all know, I paid off $50,000 in debt in one year. I will teach you how I stayed out of debt using my burner method and personalized spreadsheet I created to fit my lifestyle and keep me on track. You will learn how to understand your money communication style using my financial treatment plan. Also, if you own a small business and you feel stuck with cash flow or feel disorganized, I teach business owners and self-employed entrepreneurs such as yourself to financially maximize your money, build wealth using your business income, and retire working on the business while your business continues to run, such as myself. You can book a call with me. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to No More Excuses, Wake Up. If you love the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or Spotify. To learn more about me and my different agencies and what I do, go to StanelleMyersEnterprises.com. While you're there, check out Money Therapy Institute and watch my video where you will see me doing a little acting, showing you how I fought and kicked down closed doors. You can also click on Stanella Money Therapist and get my free budget spreadsheet. And of course, you can email me at contact at StanellaMoneyTherapist.com. I'm also on social media on Facebook at Stanella Money Therapist and Instagram at Stanell the Money Therapist. No more excuses. Y'all know what y'all need to do. Wake up.